Hey everyone, I know you've heard me speak about microdosing and how much I love it. And I'm talking about microdosing THC. I love it. And that's why I love our sponsor, microdose.com. Microdose gummies are incredible. They deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. And when I mean just the right amount of good, I mean in so many situations, anxiety, sleep, focus, pain, relaxation. There are so many different strains and they're really helpful. And I have recommended microdose.com to so many people. And you know what they say to me? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't be afraid of microdosing. Go to microdose.com and you'll learn all about microdosing THC. These gummies feel amazing. They taste amazing. I have used them to get me into the zone I need to write. I've used them at night after a stressful day or a stressful show to relax. I have also said to family members, please take a gummy right now. And they've said, oh, good idea. So check it out. Check it out because they're fantastic. And I'm not like a big weed person. I mean, I used to be. And I do enjoy, I do enjoy weed every now and then, but I love, I love these gummies and I take them with me everywhere. So check it out. Don't be afraid. They're all natural. They're fantastic. And you deserve it. So what are you going to do? You're going to do something that is fantastic. You're going to get 30% off your first order. 30% off. That's a lot. Plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Use promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. It's available nationwide. They deliver it to your door. That is microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold for 30% off and free shipping. Do it. Go to microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold. You deserve it. You deserve it. And you know what else? You're welcome. Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. Let's bring her out. The star attraction, the one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Ms. Judy Gold. Okay, so you're on Shadowhunters, and you become sort of, you're like this huge star. First of all, how fast did that did that happen? <laughs> you're like a fucking cult figure in a way. Yeah, and I guess I, I never realized it in myself because obviously I don't know any different. And I was lucky our cast is very grounded and we all kind of give each other enough trouble that we keep our, our feet on the ground, which is great. Right. But I have massive respect for the fandom that we call them the shadow fam because they're basically family at this point. They have taken this show because our show is a lot about people who don't fit in finding their place. And essentially right. the, the core message of the show, which I loved from the books and we had it in the show as well, is no matter who you are, no matter what creature you are or who you love or what kind of blood you have in your veins, you can be a hero and you deserve to be loved and you will find a place if you choose to, to seek it out. And that 
I always loved. So we had a lot of huge diversity in our fandom as well. And not only did it teach me so much, but I give the Shadow Fam massive credit because they have taken this community beyond us, beyond our characters, beyond the show, and created this lovely space, both online and in person, of of acceptance and love and this space yeah. where people can just be themselves. It's so funny because I watched that video of you. You were doing something for the show here in, in New York. You were in like some you were taking photos and you were in some like bus and giving away whatever. I don't know. <laughs> but the fans, you're right. It was like this motley crew of other people, others of people who were not. And it, it was so beautiful. And there was that one girl with like the, you know, green hair was like, Oh my God. You know, like it's so great to feel represented. You know what I mean? They're the best and they're the most loving people and and it's it's amazing to because I, I do comic cons all over the world in a in a normal world. Right. And my favorite thing is getting to travel, meet new people, but also see the same people over and over again and see them grow and see them right. gain confidence in who they are and accomplish these things. And and they tell me about, you know, their school or their their job or whatever it is that they're doing. And the accomplishments they've made and the friendships they've made and the things that they've overcome in their life. And it's, I'm so proud of them. Oh, and it's, it's also great. They have that show to find each other. You know what I mean? I've seen so many friendships blossom through, through these different comic cons and things. And the things that they do as a team just astound me. You know, for example, we were in, I think it was Belgium. And it was a, it was a shadow hunters convention. So it was just, you know, eight of us running amok, right. Entertaining people for a weekend. And there's at the, the closing ceremony for it, when we just were going up and thanking everyone, suddenly the lights went down and all of a sudden the kids all pulled out these heart balloons from under their pillow or under their seats and started singing the theme song for the show. <laughs> they orchestrated because our show, we just found out our finale had just aired or something. Right. And they were all. They had organized the surprise for us. And it was the so nice. Thing. It was the sweetest thing. I was in, I was bawling. I was in. So it was, it was amazing. I mean, this is like something people dream of, you know, like oh, I'm going to be a big star. And then all of a sudden you're a star. Like, how do you think it changed? Did it change you? I, I hope not. Um, and, and I think if it ever does, I think there's a lot of people who would smack me upside the head and ask me what the hell was wrong with me. Right. Um, and I'm grateful for those people in my life. And those are my, those are the real people in my life. And, and that's, that's what I'll be awesome. one of them. I'll be one Thank of them. You. I would hope so. But that's, what's so awesome about having five big brothers who are all doing this with you, you know, right. we're all going to do it together. And, and we were in Brazil for a comic-con at one point and there were like 10,000 people that we saw in one weekend. And it was the biggest outpouring of love. And this was after the first season, the biggest outpouring of love that any of us had ever experienced. And I, I actually, I'll never forget. It was our first dinner before we'd even started shooting. Harry Shim Jr., who was on Glee for years, was a part of the cast, as well as Isaiah Mustafa, who's been in the industry forever, who's the old Spice guy, who's now basically my dad, um, for all intents and purposes. And they sat us all down at our first cast dinner and said, look, this show has the potential to go on for a while, and we're all going to be spending a lot of time together. So let's make this fun. We can choose right now to all be friends and I'll have right. a good time and I'll be cool about this and I'll have fun and work together right now. Let's make that choice. 
And we all did. I mean, they're guys, so you really didn't feel any sort of competition or. No. What about um, Arrow? Arrow was the biggest gift because obviously I had become an adult on Shadowhunters. I started when I was 19, ended when I was 23. So I, I didn't really know what it was like to be an adult without that show and that community. I didn't, I didn't know what life would be without. That's sort of like college. Like you're it, because you know, you go away for four years if you're lucky and you are on your own. So you're kind of learning how to be an adult Mm -hmm. in this bubble. So yeah, it was my universe. I went to Shadowhunters university. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then I was so grateful because once you finish a project, there's that little bit of a, almost a mourning period that happens. Exactly. You do grieve because it's like, you're like, oh my God, I got to say goodbye to that. You know? Totally. And we had the yeah. same clue for almost four years. And so getting to spend time every day with such a family where we all worked together, we had the best crew that would just teach us things about the technical side. And right. we all kind of worked together so seamlessly. I was so grateful to have a show like Arrow to be able to dive headfirst into almost immediately and to go, because, well, when First I- First of all, I, you didn't you audition for a different character on the show, right? It They were keeping my character a secret. So they had it disguised as a rookie cop with a dark past. So I was like, oh, great. I'll still get to fight a little bit because it's right. Arrow, right? Um, but I'll get to do something completely different. Let's figure out what this is. And then I get a call from the showrunner who says, hey, so glad to have you on the show. Everything you know is a lie. You're Oliver and Felicity's daughter, who are the two leads of the show. Um, Great. And I went, well, I'm sorry. What? Hold on. Back up. Holy, holy. Oh, my God. So you're you've had prepared this whole thing in your head. And then it's like, nope, all a lie. Wait, showrunner. What's her name? Beth Schwartz. That's right, baby. Absolutely. She's amazing. Yeah, uh, but I was it was actually great because then it gave me I watched the entire show because my parents entire my parents, as it were, entire relationship had taken place in those six seasons. So I got to go through and watch and take little little, right, right. little character traits and everything and figure out, OK, what is the amalgamation of these two people? That's amazing that you do your due diligence like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and obviously they were so, so you well created done. the child of these two people. That's so fucking fascinating. Yeah, it was a lot of responsibility, truly, right. because the writers didn't know what it was going to be. I didn't. Well, know most most actors would do do a little research, watch the thing, and let the director do the rest. But it seems like you really did more, as usual, since you graduated <laughs> fucking college at seventeen. Okay, it was fun for me because each of their characters was so distinct and so rich, and and. Mia's Pat, my character Mia, her past was so fraught with all of these different layers of of damage and trauma. Right. It gave me a lot to do as an actor, and I loved every minute of it. Also, I got to be a cage fighter, which was so fun. You know, I hope you realize how much your body is going to hurt when you're my age. Okay. <laughs> um, so I have some more questions for you. Number one, you're a songwriter and a mm-hmm. singer. Like, I can't take it. You dance, you yeah. act, you're a brainiac, yeah. you're math and science, mm-hmm. and you're a songwriter and a singer. Like, it's fucking, like, give something to someone else, okay? 
<laughs> Don't look at my closet. I can't keep it clean to save my life. All right. That's good. Oh, yes. We found a fault. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the fault bell now. And I'm um, very directionally challenged. Same. So okay. you wrote My Heart Can Fly. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. You've also had songs that you've written in movies, correct? Yeah. yeah. You- I was actually really lucky. One of my first, one of the first songs I ever wrote, um, the song or the showrunners of Shadowhunters found out I did music and they said, well, send us your stuff. And one of my favorite songs that really meant a lot to me at the time, they loved and they put it in one of our season finales. And also that week it ended, or the week that it was released, it ended up on the top 100 in iTunes and all of these what? things. Well, I know I was blown away by it, but music- I, want you to, I wish you could touch me so I can get a little bit. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> music for me is, is a bit excitingly daunting in a way because you know I'm sure you understand this I'm used to playing a character I'm used to having a mask on and And this is you yeah and so I'm used to exposing my vulnerabilities but through the guise of a character so it's not as scary for me but with music it's literally a piece of my heart and soul that I'm putting out in the world and and hoping that people enjoy it um and it's so different but I I I love it yeah it's funny because as you can see, I'm also a music person. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I'm a comic. There's a lot of comics who are into music because it's all a timing thing. But it's interesting because I play classical music and it's such a different part of me that I don't let. You're right. It's, it's a vulnerable yeah. part, of, part of my personality that I don't share with a lot of people. It's like I do it for me because it right. feeds my brain. But it's also like. You know, I'm just such a silly, crazy, you know, that's who I am. But there's also that part. But it's so great that you were able to, you know, share yourself and that you're not afraid to do it. Like, because a lot of people are afraid, you know. I find that I seek that out, though. My favorite scripts that I read are the ones that I look at that scare me a little bit. Right. I know that, you know, or any job that I, I come up to there's always something about it that's daunting and I appreciate right. it because I know I'm going to grow and I know it's going to force me to push what I think is possible and push my boundaries a little bit to see that's where the best of creativity comes is when you're right. sort of on the precipice of, of your comfort zone. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. Music is fucking, have you read any of those, how music changes your brain books? Cause it's, no. I mean, the science of it is amazing. Yeah. Hey everyone, did you know that Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the United States with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the United States? And I'm one of them. You're listening to one of them. Fast Growing Trees has everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and your space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever, forever. I just want you to know that I just got off a plane and I walked to my apartment. What was the first thing I did is I came in and said hi to Avi, my fig tree. I'm telling you, and I have Yael, which is another plant, but Fast Growing Trees has changed my atmosphere. 
here in my apartment, you don't need a lot of space, but they do have, you know, they have stuff for outdoor spaces, but I live in an apartment and I'm telling you, Avi and Yael, yes, they're both Jewish names, Hebrew, the space looks so much better. And I just had a conversation with Avi. Like, I was like, I missed you. I love having living things here. It's very, very, I don't know, it's made this more of a home. It's the best. And Elisa has some too. And she loves them. And she talks to them too. But she got that from me. Anyway, check out fast growing trees. You need to be around plant life. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code Judy Gold, J U D Y G O L D, at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code Judy Gold at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code Judy Gold. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. You're welcome. I'm interested in something. You know, you're you're from a science family. I, I'm interested because I'm a Jew. I don't know if you knew that. Um, and I love being a Jew. But I'm interested. You're from a family of science. How, do you have a religion? What is your, What are your thoughts on religion? Because I believe in science. And I yeah. feel like, you know, I feel something when I go into a synagogue. I feel a connection to the Jewish people. You know, I don't know um, what I believe about God. You know, like who the fuck knows what's going on there. But, you know, I am a strong science person. It's people, there are so many people who can't do both. Right. Well, that's, again, I credit all of this to my mother and my grandmother and my great- Go Earth! Who were, well- I was raised Episcopalian. Oh, that's a good one. That's a very open. I love it. It's basically love everybody and treat everybody great. And, you know, just be yourself. Be a good person. Awesome. But my mother is a scientist, obviously. She believes in science 100%. She's also one of the most faithful people that I've ever met in my life. And again, it's one of those things in life. It's never a question of or. It's always and. Right. it's it's all interpretation in my mind. And I I don't try and put my belief system on anybody else. I don't expect anybody else to try and put their belief system Same, on me. Yeah. I just think whatever works for you to get to make life easier and to make sense of this crazy world we live in. And I think it helps to believe in a higher power, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It's also this these anti-vaxxers, like they fucking drive me up a wall. I, I don't know. It really upsets me. It's a lot. There's a lot of misconceptions out there. It's funny because, you know, when you think of these politicians who use religion, who like, you know, tweet Bible verses and all that shit, which I think is so wrong. I don't care what religion you are. Like you're at work and religion has nothing to do, you know, with, I, I believe in separation of church and state. And then they're the first people to get the fucking vaccine. But they're also the pr- first people to say that God doesn't want gay people. You know, like it's like they pick and choose what's God, what is God and what is science. You know, it's so fucking selfish. It's just there's a lot of insanity in the world right now. And I, I just wish everybody could be nice to each other. I agree, Catherine. I <laughs> was really interested also. First of all, I just want to say your parents from a very early age apparently said you're you're going to college no matter what. Correct. Yep. 
That was something that even when I started in, in entertainment, my, my family said, my grandfather, my, you know, my, my grandparents were raised in different small towns in Missouri. My mom grew up in Missouri, you know, and, and they've all been in this field of science and medicine. They said, sure, go have fun, follow your dreams, follow your heart. Just make sure you get a college education. Right. So important. They're, they're half Jewish. Um, (laughs) I want to know the tattoo on your right arm here. This one? Not yeah, fragile? What, not fragile. I've been dying. Like, I didn't know. I was like, oh, that's cute. And I was trying to see what it was every time you. I was watching a video of you. I love that. <laughs> this one is probably my favorite tattoo, and it's the most special to me. It um, actually, the boxing coach that we had on Shadowhunters, the man who taught me how to fight, Uh, I used to box with him. His name was Dean. I used to box with him like five times a week, but he was also the one person, you know, it would be just the two of us in the stunt room at early in the morning, things would be going crazy. And he would just check in on me as a person and talk through things with me and just, you know, be there as a, an emotional support as well. And he unfortunately passed away a little over two years ago. Oh, I'm sorry. And it was entirely unexpected and he was a dad to all of us really. And it, it kind of rocked my world and a lot of other people because he was such a special, special man um, who gave so much of himself to all of us. And he used to say to me all the time, he was the one person who never underestimated me from the moment I met him. He always said, you got this girl. You're not fragile. Right. you got this. You're not fragile. You're fine. You can do this. And what I didn't realize is before he passed, he told his wife that if anything ever happens to him, he wanted not fragile on top of his urn. And so I had no idea that that phrase meant more to him than just something he would tell me as an encouragement. And as soon as I heard that, I went, okay, that is going on my body somewhere in some way, because that's, that's everything to me. How old was he? I don't rightly know, but he was far from done with his life. Oh, that's awful. So is that your first tattoo? It's not actually. Oh, great. Let's hear about the other ones. (laughs) My first tattoo, it was actually, uh, (laughs) this is more of a fun story. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It was the rap party for season one of Shadowhunters. And our characters have all of these markings all over their bodies that are, they're called runes, but they're, they look like tattoos basically. And each one has a different power and represents something different. Long story short, I get a call from one of my castmates who says, Hey, bring everybody across the street. And I go, where are you? He goes, just come outside, go across the street. There's a tattoo parlor across the street. And we walk in and he's on the table getting the the symbol of the show, which is the angelic rune um, tattooed on his leg. And we all kind of look at each other and go, well, I guess we're doing this now. Um, And so a lot of us got this rune tattooed. And for me, it was, I had never really thought about getting a tattoo before. I didn't think I would. I didn't really like needles particularly. Right. Um, And I thought about it and I went, you know what, this this season has entirely changed my life. These people are my family. This And the symbol itself, it, it's representative of, it's a symbol of strength, but it's also representative of an angelic blessing. Right. And that's what the show had been for me. It was this huge blessing, this growth experience. And I'd, I'd learned so much about everything. And I went, yeah, I'm okay with having that on my body for the rest Where of my life. Where is it? It's on my foot. 
So it can be hidden by a heel if I want. And I actually ended up getting a tattoo of a different rune for every season. Um, now I have 10 tattoos and what? it's Oh addictive. my God. I have to talk to Urs about this. <laughs> what did your mother say? My mother, actually, it's funny. She, about a year ago, before I got my most recent tattoo, she called me and she went, you haven't gotten a new tattoo in a while. You need to go get another one. Like, oh my God. She thinks it's great. Do you have 10 <laughs> tattoos? Are any of them really big? No, they're all little tiny. Like I've got one there. I have one on my hand here. I have one on my finger. I've got one here. One. Yeah, what's on my that wrist. one on your wrist? This one here? Yeah. This one, it's uh, the white rabbit from Alice in Wonderland. Oh, I like that. Okay, next. Um, what's the other one? What it's on your finger? On my fi- This one here, it's a ginkgo leaf. And my, my great grandmother had a ginkgo tree in her front yard. And so it's sort of become the symbol of the women in my family. You know, what's good. It's like, like, all right, look, I'm not Miss Tattoo. Like everyone knows I like whatever, but if you're going to get a tattoo, it needs to mean something. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like my son, Ben, he plays basketball and He's like, mommy, I have to get a tattoo. I'm like, no. And he's like, all right. And it's like, he's looking for something to get. And it's like, no, it should come to, it should come to you. Let, yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and then you. when it comes to you, I have to talk you out of getting it. That's the, <laughs> that's the way it. Well, this is my, my philosophy when it comes to delineating between the tattoos that are a crazy idea that you right. shouldn't do and the ones that are worthwhile. When you know, you know. And you know in your heart and soul that you want that on your body. Right. But also, I make myself wait a year before I get any tattoo. I have a that bunch is- of ideas and I give it a year. And if I still want it in a year, then, I, then I'll do it. Okay. I am calling you if, and you have to talk to him if. I will. Okay. There's a couple more things I would like to discuss with you. Number one, all your charity work, girl up. Mm-hmm. Your stuff is your stuff with anti-bullying, lollipop theater network, mm-hmm. um, creative coalition. Mm-hmm. Like you're very philanthropic. It's my philosophy that I'm lucky enough to do what I love for a living. And in this day and age, that gives me a little bit of a platform and it gives me an opportunity to, to speak in something into the world. And I don't want to waste that opportunity. Right. I want to make good on that. You know, I get to tell stories for a living and entertain people. And hopefully that means something and, and changes the world in one way. But if I can make a difference in anybody's life or, or help spread awareness for things that need to change in the world or do some kind of good, that's worthwhile to me. And that's, that's the purpose of, right. of having a platform at all. That, you know what we call that in the Jewish religion? Tikkun Olam, heal the world. Yes. That's right. Um, (laughs) Oh, also, before we stop talking about charity stuff, I also want to mention the Big Slick, which is, it's you mentioned Paul Rudd earlier. There's some really, really incredible comedians that have come from Kansas City. And about 12 years ago, they created this thing called the Big Slick to benefit the children's hospital there. Yes. Um, And every year we all go back, we play baseball, we play with the kids in the hospital. And it started off as a little poker game. And now it's, we do in non-COVID times, a variety show in the 5,000-seat arena that's a live auction. And I think last time last time we were in person, it was the 10th anniversary, and we raised over $2 million in a weekend. What? You have accomplished so much at the age of 20. 
five. You're getting, are you, did you get your master's or you're in the process of getting your master's? I was in the process. I had to take a bit of a hiatus because work got crazy, oh. but I want to, I want to go the master's in. I started off in a, what was it technically called? It was the math side of economics is where I started. Mm. Um, but then the way that the school was set, it was at Johns Hopkins and the way that Johns oh, Hopkins. Oh, yes. Yeah, the way that they had their program set up at the time, I had to be on camera for classes at certain times, and I would have never been able to finish because I couldn't guarantee that. So I switched to literature, which I'm so excited about because I've never done anything educationally creative. And if I'm going to tell stories for the rest of my life, I want to have been told since the beginning of time. Um, so I very much look forward to going back and finish. So you're you're getting your master's in literature at Johns Hopkins. Yes. Cap, I literally, if someone could get some sort of weapon and bash me over the head with it. Anyone? Okay, no one's here. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know that you're just beginning your life. Mm-hmm. Do you want a family? Do you at just at this point in your life? What do you? What is next? Uh, what do you really want to accomplish? Like what's? Oh, there's so many things. So many things, Judy. Uh, I guess I don't know if there's anything I've learned about life is that you make plans and they suddenly get right. Deep- plans are. What did someone just say? That I mean, my brain is not working today. Plans are. <laughs> Uh, hopes. They're just hopes. They're the things that you, the way you hope things will turn out, but they're, they're not real. Yeah. Right. So I, I try not to have anything too specifically that I, I hold on to so tightly, but largely I would like to meet someone. I would like to find a, a partner in life and have a family and do all of those things. Eventually I'm in no rush. I know that, you know, when the time is right, hopefully it'll happen eventually. Have you uh, had any decent, any relationships? Uh, you don't have to send any names or anything. A few. But, a few. Okay. I've, yeah. Um, not at the moment. Right. <laughs> but yeah, no, I've had some really, really. If you were a Leslie, I'm telling you, you would have, it would be, forget it. You wouldn't be <laughs> able to leave your fucking house. Okay. Yeah. But also I, there's so many things I want to do in my career as well. I want to direct. I want to produce. I want oh, you to, will. You will. I want to play every kind of character imaginable, but ultimately I I just want to do work that is exciting and it pushes boundaries and that, that it's makes us, it says something and it means something to people. And it, you know, it's widely diverse. That's my favorite thing about my job is that I get to be a chameleon and I get to live a million different lives and right. be a million different people and learn things and, and sort of, you know what, just being you would be enough for me. Okay. Just that. <laughs> That would be, that would satisfy me. Wouldn't have to be anyone else. But have you ever had to stick up for yourself? I mean, you know, put your foot down and say, look, you may think I'm this, but you're fucking wrong. Yes. And. So I could see that happening a lot to you. It happens, but I, 
I'm the biggest proponent for being a team player and for making it work and for compromising to a point where it benefits the, the team as a whole. Um, but there have been times where I do put my foot down and I do stand up for myself. I don't do it often and I probably right. don't do it as often as I should. And that's something that I'm trying to learn as a, as a person. And as well, a, it's a woman, a woman thing. thing. Yeah. But also I find that, you know, when you choose your battles, you can be a team player and also find the times that are really important and people will listen when you stand up for yourself. Oh yeah. And, you know? And I, I find that that is so valuable that we're not getting times to speak up that, that people listen because it means something and they know it means something. Right. Um, and I, I stand by my word, but ultimately I, I sort of look to Elaine. I want to have a life like hers. You know, I want to have great loves and a great career and a great life and be 94 doing eight shows a week on Broadway. And living at the Carlisle hotel. Oh, I mean, what could be better than that? I'm not really sure. Catherine McNamara, maybe you'll play her in her, you know, in, you know, well, it'll be 50 years, but whatever. I would give my left foot in to the play. Epic. It's so funny that she's the one that really, I love that. I could talk to you forever, even though you're only 25 and it's just annoying. It's just like so fucking annoying. You know, it's so good that you weren't in this formal education because I can't even the the mothers. Why can't you be more like Catherine? Catherine's <laughs> graduating at fourteen. Why can't look at you? You can't. All right. So, um, I always ask two questions of my guests. Okay. Number one, mental health. I'm very pro mental health. I, you know, depression, anxiety, anxiety, anxiety. So, what do you do for your mental health? I do two things. Fitness has become a huge part of my life. It's meditative for me. Yeah. It's my favorite thing that I miss so much. And I can actually tell a difference in my life is this heated spin class I used to do. There's a a start a a small company here that they, they do this. It's like Bikram spin. It's like 90 degrees in the room and it's hard, hard training. And I miss it so much, but any kind of long is that class? 90 minutes on the class. Yeah. I used to go to the hour classes. You, that's never going to happen with COVID. Like, I mean, the, can you, I mean, I remember going to spinning classes. They're right next to us. Like they're literally a f- not less than a foot away and sweating. And there's a, like, that's those days are over. Don't you think? I, I can't wait to go back to it when it's safe again. But so fitness is a huge part of my life. It's the time where I, you know, I put on a podcast. Yep. Same. And I just tune out the world and I right. do something. It's good for me for, for an hour or two hours. Time is really important. Yeah. So I do that. And I also laugh with friends and people that I love and game nights, movie nights, just going over, having a glass of wine and laughing are laughing is so important. That's what I was. The the best example I had growing up of a relationship was my grandparents. They've been together for so many years and they laugh all the time about everything. And I, I, can count maybe on one hand the times that I've seen either of them truly upset about anything. You know, Elisa, my lover, and I, that's the one thing we laugh. Like, I've never laughed like that with anyone else. And like, sometimes we'll just look at each other and like, we'll be out to dinner with another couple and one of them will say something and we're both thinking the same thing. And we, you know, that connection and that, 
You just want to fucking laugh. Well, I, yeah, laughter is very important. Um, my best friend and I are like that. We, my, it's funny. My mom has gone to dinner with us before, and she goes, "You two just speak your own language. You yeah. don't need, yeah." There's that's there's the best. Like, no, we just get we we would have trouble being in any kind of serious situation where we couldn't talk because we just look at each other and we understand what right. we're doing. I love yeah. that. There's yeah. not just so you know, you don't meet that many people that uh, do that for you in your life. Okay, second question. The podcast is called Kill Me Now because I get annoyed at everything because I'm my mother's daughter and my father's daughter. But what pisses you off more than anything, like makes you crazy mad? Not much, to be honest. It's I so I annoying. Find, okay. Well, look, I've been through enough, pardon my friend, but I've been through enough shit in my life that yeah. it's not worth oh, it. Oh, did you curse? What? You said shit? What the fuck is wrong? I can't fucking believe this shit, motherfucker. Okay, but, yeah. But I will say that people that are not genuine and, and anyone who questions Fake. my integrity, which doesn't yeah. happen often, but I take my integrity very seriously. And if that's ever called into question, that that really makes me upset. I uh, hate fakeness too. You know, yeah. like I was just talking to someone one thing I fucking hate more than anything is fake laughing. I hate when people fake laugh. It's so fucking annoying and insincere. <laughs> and like, if it's not funny, don't li- like, and I, oh, I took this test. They had this test, um, the New York Times. I love Science Times. I don't know why I hated science growing up, but sci- the Tuesday Science Times is my favorite section. And they did a thing on laughter on whether you could, t- and I took this test and it said you had to pick which one was a fake la- laugh and a real laugh. And I got them all right because it's so I can't. I'm so in tune to fucking bullshit like that. Well, you would you, know you're an expert. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's, <laughs> I'm sorry. What? This is all I worry about with you. But I kind of okay. don't worry about anything with you is the sexism. And I just do you think like I have dealt with so much sexism. Have you experienced? Uh, please say you haven't experienced that much. I haven't experienced that much. Good. And it's, it's something that I feel very lucky because I came into the, especially into TV at a time when it was sort of this resurgence of the complex, diverse female character and of giving women power and of finding right. ways to, to create complexity in the female trope. I also find it, even if I'm given a character that I did this on the stand um, with this. Wait, I was just going to say that. The Stand, Stephen King's The Stand, star of Keith, Stephen King's The Stand on my <laughs> podcast. Go ahead. So when when we were doing this character in CBS All Access, I'm playing this character who, in the book and in in the, the first look at this character, she's very one-dimensional. She's very narcissistic. She's basically the personification of hedonism and narcissism put together. Right. And she's vile. She's absolutely vile. She's horrible to everyone around her. She's treats everyone like crap. And, and finds her way to New Vegas, which is basically the devil's playground, and she thrived. And I went, okay, how do I, what can I do to make this woman interesting and not just an annoying, brash person screaming obscenities? And I was lucky that the writers sort of picked up on what I was doing and and expanded the character in that way and sort of we were able to work together. And I was so happy to have such great actors around me as well that were also really interested in- Right. Character minutia, and so we were able to 
Nat Wolf was my my main scene partner in a lot of right. the shows. My partner in crime, and we had the best time just being basically the Tenardiers of the apocalypse, right? Just living it up, and uh, and I was able to do that. I was able to find a way to make her this extremely manipulative person who was a lot smarter than people perceived her as. Right, which is you. I mean, a lot smarter than people perceive you, not manipulative. <laughs> Thank you. But uh, I hope to be nothing like Julie because she's yeah. vile. But uh, but she finds a way to manipulate any situation she's in to get what she wants. Right. And and being able to sort of find little moments, even glances or ad-libs or just anything that she would do, a prop that she would have. So, you know, the nine rings she wore on her right. fingers were all diamonds. These little things that you just look at this woman and you go, oh, I know what she's about and I know what she's doing. That's the fun challenge is even right. if you're a character that isn't inherently complex and is probably a stereotype, you can find ways to create right. an To make it fun. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, Did I think you... that's what our job is as artists yeah. is to, to take these moments and, and hold a mirror up to the human condition and, yeah. and cause people to question things that they might not have previously. I have to know. Did you meet Stephen King? I did not. What? I know. I wasn't and you there. you love him. That I do love him. I, oh, it's packed. Oh, no, it's not. It's right here. I literally have a uh, Pennywise pop doll that sits on my desk. Mm. I'm, I'm such a nerd. I love Stephen King. But I... Uh, I've heard nothing but wonderful things about him. And, yeah. You know, I love it, his politics too. He's just, his Twitter. Great. Is- yeah. Same. <laughs> um, Catherine, I hope someday we can meet in person and I can feel like shit about myself because I'm gigantic and you're tiny, but I really, you are such a fucking delight and keep up the good work. You're such well, a great is- role model. Oh, well, back at you. The feeling is mutual. I'm in awe of you, my dear. I love you. <laughs> Everyone, Catherine McNamara is on my podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hopefully we'll do a like creative coalition thing in person or something. Let's do it. Good luck. What's next? Any projects on the. I have a lot of things that are on hold right now. Oh, that same. On hold for the past year same. that I can't wait to film. It's so fucking frustrating. I can't mm-hmm. even tell you. We're going to be seeing a lot more of you and you have, you know, you have your fans that you need to. Yeah. I actually do. I just realized I just got this news. I, I have a couple of um, two films that I did a couple of years ago, one of which I actually shot in New York right before COVID that uh, is coming out this year. There's one that's coming out in a month. It's called Push. It's um, or no, sorry. It's called Trust now. They just changed the title, mm-hmm. but it's based on a play called Push. And it's it's really interesting. It's sort of a study of modern fidelity in a way it's four people in three really messed up relationships. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's coming out soon. It's coming out soon. It's okay. uh, actually with one of my shadow hunters co-stars, Matt Daddario. We have a very different relationship in this film than we right. did on the show. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Oh, I'm so glad for you. Thank you so much for listening to part two of Kill Me Now with Kat McNamara. See, at last week I called her Catherine McNamara on the closer, but I'm calling her Kat McNamara because she's so fucking cool. And we're friends now. We're BFFs. What an amazing fucking life for such a young person. She, You know, some of these guests really, they're just so impressive. Kill Me Now, my podcast, is produced by Laura Vogel. It's edited by Colin Schmeling. None of this would be possible without the help and love 
and pushiness of Brittany Joe Sowards. If you like the show, which, come on, please subscribe, please leave a review. It helps more people find this amazing podcast. It's also like gives me a little, you know, you know, it makes me feel good and it's nice. So it's supporty. So just do that. Five stars only, please. Five stars only. If you haven't purchased my book, yes, I can say that when they come for the comedians, we're all in trouble. I hate you. I I like seriously. No, it's still out there. I'm still proud of it. I would love for you to either get the, uh, you can get the hardcover, you can get the Kindle, you can get the audio. I don't know. My mother's coming in through my um, body right now. All order links are on the homepage of judygold.com or wherever books are sold. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram for everything I'm doing. All the thoughts that come into my head, where I'm working, what I'm doing, what my kids are doing. And that would be at Judy Gold, J-E-W-D-Y-G-O-L-D, you know, like Jew Gold, because <laughs> I'm a Jew, <laughs> at Judy Gold. I can't thank you enough for uh, listening. I love all my listeners. I am so happy that the weather is changing. It's going to be spring. We have a president who is empathetic. I feel like, you know, we're getting through this fucking pandemic and just be careful. Still wear a mask. We want to, you know, make sure that, you know, we're not spreading it to people who aren't vaccinated. And if you don't get a vaccine, there's something wrong with you. But thank you all so much for listening. And as we always say, so long. And uh, everything was wonderful. I'll see you soon. Thank you for the visit. Hello. Oh.